Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Rebecca Moore Bullard from Starboard Equity. Welcome, Rebecca. Uh, hello, Rama. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Uh, a little bit about Rebecca. Rebecca Moore is the co-founder and CEO of Starboard Equity. She, she has been a real estate investor since 2014. She has bought and sold over 2,200 multifamily real estate units and has syndicated the acquisition of six properties with over 700 units as a general partner. Rebecca's story is one of powerful determination and persistence. She shares how she hired a mentor, learned to underwrite, built relationships with brokers and investors to help her win and fund deals in Texas while living in California, all while managing a full-time psychology practice. Now she's free from her job. She moved from sunny San Diego to Dallas to commit to the tremendous DFW multifamily market and create more investment opportunities. She created Stanford Equity to help others accelerate, accelerate their path to financial freedom by investing in multifamily properties. So with that, Rebecca, you want to add anything to your background? Oh, okay. Yes. And uh, I work together with my husband, who is a former naval officer. And currently, I have begun to support Vertical Street out in Phoenix as one of their coaches. Awesome. Awesome. So, so your story is powerful and you have some background in psychology side. So how exactly are you using that background into, you know, apartment syndication? Yes, that has been very useful uh, in that understanding working with people, investors, brokers, and uh, understanding what their needs are has been very useful, as well as with talking with other folks um, in that sense. It has definitely been a challenge and something new for me to grow to learn about finances and the loan business. So it has been a fun challenge for me to open up new doors, not only in my mind, but in the world for, for me to uh, learn this business. Great. But it's definitely been useful as far as relationships go. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you hired a mentor, I think, in 2014. So would you share what process and how, how exactly you hired a mentor? Well, Rama, you know, it was really kind of stumbling upon a mentor. So I'll tell you that story real quick in that uh, in our Navy career, so with my husband, he had bought several single family homes where he was stationed before we met. And then we bought uh, another home together in Virginia. So we had homes in Virginia and down in Corpus Christi, Texas. And as we were, again, um, 
We moved from the Pentagon where he was on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And then we moved back to San Diego. And uh, as we were sort of on the doorstep of one of his last commands, we were saying to ourselves, what are we going to do with all these homes that we've acquired? And we thought, oh, maybe we'll get a sixplex or an eightplex wherever we decide to, you know, basically stop in the Navy and retire. Um, and so we went to a real estate expo thinking maybe we could meet somebody who would teach us how to buy such a thing. And we went and we met a person who taught about syndication, something we had never even heard of before. And so they said, come and I'll teach you how to do this. So we just went on faith because we felt this person was very genuine and real. And he was based out of here in, in Dallas. And with that leap of faith, we went out to Dallas two weeks later, signed up for his program. And uh, because my husband was in command of a squadron here in San Diego, he could not leave because if when you're in that high position, you can't leave the area. You can't just say, all right, see, I'm going to go do some other job. Yeah. So me as the psychologist working in the hospital, I could leave. So I would go to uh, Dallas, uh, you know, once every other month or, or more and learn syndication, learn the Dallas market, understand what a B and C class uh, apartment building was and learn from this mentor. Um everything about everything I could possibly soak up uh, about apartments. And so I'm sort of stumbling onto a mentor. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, you know, that experience. So, and during our offline chat, you mentioned your uh, song at, you know, asset management side. So would you share me? So what are your thoughts on asset management role? Yeah. So Love the asset management side. So when I finally was able to get my first deal, uh, my partner was already experienced. He had lots of uh, deals before him. And so I was very lucky to be able to have partnered with an experienced person. And he basically said, OK, Rebecca, here you go. <laughs> so although I was able to um, ask him plenty of questions, I really had to learn on my own a lot uh, how to asset manage. And so that was um, learning how to manage the management, pro uh, the property manager. And so that was really digging in deep into the finances understanding the role of the lender in interaction with the property manager and uh, learning the draws, learning the CapEx and quite a bit. So um, that was, you know, sort of trial by fire, jumping in with both feet. Awesome. So mm -hmm. what are the key skills required to be successful in asset management role? Well, okay. So the keys of that is, I would say, is that you you do have to begin to get into the weeds of it. Um, so really looking out at the numbers. So for example, many property management folks would prefer that you keep some distance, don't get in the way of the property management. And that is true. However, you do have to be uh, very aware of the numbers. So 
you and I, we talked about some of the best and worst scenarios before the program started. And so one of the worst uh, scenarios that I kind of came up with is really um, watching the manager because they can be in a very important part of whether your property makes money or if they are going to take some off the top. So what I began to notice, let's say with one property, is that even though we were 95, 98% occupied, is that we had a lot of paint, a lot of resurfacing, a lot of carpet cleaning that was going on in this apartment building, and yet the place was always full. Why is this happening? Now, if I had gone and let the property management company continue to do what they do and not watch out, I might not have seen this. But I noticed over and over again, the same apartments are are being cleaned and cleaned and cleaned. Well, it ends up that this manager, of course, is charging me over and over again for the exact same apartments and she's pocketing the money. So I'm telling my regional manager this and noting each month and the regional manager has no interest so so much because they have another 30 buildings that they're having to oversee. So it's constantly me having to tell them. So anyhow, long story short, she's pocketing the money. And in fact, even she had uh, some of the tenants um writing uh what are they those the checks uh cashier's checks to her to herself and so you have to be on top of it because unfortunately there are some bad actors out there that are don't have your best interest in mind and um you need to sort of get into the weeds get down even to the dollars sometimes unfortunately Got it. So what did you do with that PM? Uh, I went above my regional and uh, luckily somebody listened and she was uh, let go. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, what? how exactly will hire a property management company? What is your process? Oh, well, now uh, there's uh, definitely a discussion about the what we call the chain of command. So the management level, or excuse me, the manager to the regional, to that person's supervisor. And how is that chain of command? How is that discussion uh, run? How is their budgets? Who takes care of their budgets? And especially who is speaking to the lender? Who does the draws? So I need to have direct communications with those people and that um, I need to have, uh, I guess, their word, guaranteed words that I will have uh, direct communications and consistent communications with my manager, my regional, and uh, those who do the draws. Communication for me is uh, definitely key. And if they refuse those kind of communications, then that isn't a good fit for me. Yeah. So those are some of the criteria right there. Got it. Got it. Some good points there. So, so what do you think are the biggest challenges you face in this role as asset manager? Oh, the biggest challenges. Well, uh, let's see. 
I want, first of all, to take care of my investor's money. And I want to make sure that when I'm doing a CapEx project, that I am going to be able to have the money stream perfectly between my CapEx project and the lender. Because as many of us asset managers know, and what new uh, syndicators need to know is that there is a, a very fine dance between the lender and the asset manager doing the project that sometimes we have to do the project and fund the project first, and then the lender will give you back the money. And so we have to make sure we have all the money and that the CapEx project needs to be done well, and then you'll get your money back. And if any snafus happen, the lender might keep that money depending on how tricky they are. Yep. So let me blend this with a quick story of a good story uh, about the CapEx and the lender and things that work out. So one is on one of our uh, projects, uh, we were given the green program, which is a uh, a program that used to exist. It's not necessarily right now, but the lenders liked to give a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac uh, type uh, uh, lending where if you made it more green, and if you made it more energy efficient, your, your building, then they would reduce your interest rate. And so with our project, they said, if you do X amount of energy efficient windows, we'll you know, reduce your interest rate. And we said, great. Well, once we got into the ownership of the, of the property, we thought, you know, I, uh, a new roof would actually benefit this project much more than just the windows. And so my husband was able to negotiate with the lender Let's put on a new roof. And then in addition to that, we'll repaint the entire property and this will really be beautiful. So he was able to do that dance with the lender to have a bigger capital expenditure, take those funds from the windows, put them instead to a roof. And now we have a really, really beautiful property with new roofs, new paint, and our tenants are thrilled to be living in a really lovely property. And so that's some of the magic of an asset manager and what we do to make it beautiful for everybody. So not only do we have a nice project, but the lender has a better asset. We have a better asset and the tenants have a beautiful place to live. Cool. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So did you face any challenges in getting funds for any, any CapEx renovations from the lender? Not on that, not on that project that I'm speaking about. And that, thank you. That's where I was going with that, that the lender really worked with us in saying, okay, you did X amount of units rehab, let me give you this $30,000. And that $30,000, then we were able to shift to give to the roofer because we had already spent the money on the units. But through our operations, then we could pay part of it for the lender, excuse me, the um, the roofer. So we were able to, again, make that those turns and make yeah you know, the money move in an eloquent way to pay all the right things and not be stuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, mostly like so, most of the lenders, they will see all the documentation side also, right? So we need to show like right documentation, the kind of work we are doing for that particular unit or, you know, exterior stuff. Mm-hmm. So from asset manager point of view, so do you do any kind of market research or what kind of market research you do as an asset manager? What kind of market research? Oh, research. Yes. Um well, we regularly ask the management company to do uh, market surveys. And so that is what we sort of farm that out to them quite often. But it does, uh, We I do that on the acquisition side even more so. But to keep up with the rents, um, yeah, I often ask my management company to do that. Uh, if they don't do it well enough, then I will do it myself. Yeah, sure. So how do you go about making sure that you're maximizing the value of the asset you manage? That does take that market survey for sure. Yeah. Uh, what is very useful is speaking with my fellow syndicators. That has, I have found that that allows me quite a bit of information. So for example, even Monday evening, I went to a meetup and there were many of my fellow syndicators there, one of which had just bought a property down the road. And he had given me some information about his new acquisition and what he was going to do. And he said, Rebecca, you ought to consider doing this too. Voila. That was, uh, he gave me some excellent information and that was very helpful. And there, too, was another man that I met that is an asset manager for a large group. And he does, uh, again, the management for many, many buildings here in the Dallas area. And we, too, had a discussion. So it's essentially like a mini a mini mastermind that we had on Monday evening. So they were able to give me many uh, insights that you can't do alone. Uh, multifamily is a team sport. It really is. So uh, even those glimpses from Monday evening help me to be more aware. My management company, luckily, is also a great resource yep. for uh, for helping me to uh, exercise different avenues or or ways of improving and uh, keeping me on the uh, cutting edge of what to do better for asset management and making my product the best it can be. Got it. Got it. So would you share any one creative idea that you have implemented as part of asset management? I I guess uh, this, this might not be anything uh, exciting, I guess, for the big picture, but I can tell you what I do personally that I enjoy tremendously is that, on holidays, uh, with the properties that I've owned uh, in the past, and, and even now, I guess, uh, what I'm saying is the smaller properties that I've had, such as uh, I had a 94-door and I still have uh, a couple of 100 and 137 doors. On the holidays, um, like Thanksgiving, like Christmas time, uh, and so Christmas, we can, you know, call it all the holidays that occur in the December time frame. Um, 
I like to give out personally uh, gifts to the tenants. And we I call that asset management because it's tenant retention. Yep. It makes me feel good. It makes my tenants sometimes in shock, hopefully not so much uh, to some of them. And meaning that they're getting used to it. Uh, but I'll take my managers and my maintenance people. And like at Thanksgiving, we give out pies. I go to I go to Walmart and I buy uh, it last year it was about six hundred dollars worth of pies, pecan pies, pumpkin pies, apple pies. And we go door to door and give out pies. I love that. I love to see the smiles on their faces like what? <laughs> We're giving a pie uh, in the December time, uh, as far as all the, the holidays that occur in December, you know, cookies, again, pies, treats of some sort. That is telling my my tenants, you know, we like you being here. We want you to feel a community here. And so as far as, uh, again, showing you, we we want to make this a happy place for you to live. That's important to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good one. Yeah, very, very good, you know, point. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into best and worst scenarios. So would you share any best, uh, like any multifamily investing experience so far? Either it could be asset management side or any other. Okay, well, um, I've given you a couple, you know, the, with the worst, again, unfortunately, finding out that people are stealing from you. One of the, you know, the best things, again, was was being able to allocate that green money from not just windows, but to roofs. Yeah. Another great thing about multifamily, of course, is giving giving big investor checks. That is a great great feeling uh, when we went full cycle and we were able to almost triple our folks' money. Sending out those checks uh, just made my heart feel so big. And that is such a great feeling of success. And, uh, you know, giving giving back to the people who trusted me first on that first deal. And so that was a 31% IRR and that was just terrific. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So that, that feels great. Cool. So what is your current focus? So, well, um, with the intro that you gave, um, we are now up to eight syndications. I just, uh, we just finished our, our eighth one and um, we have been focusing on uh, both the Houston and Dallas market. And we continue to stay in that market as well as um, potentially uh, bring on, as I said uh, earlier, with VSV, Vertical Street Ventures, uh, we'll also pivot a bit into the Phoenix and Tucson area with them. I'm very pleased to be coaching with VSV and to be teaching others what I've learned over this near decade of syndication. So helping folks to acquire, helping people to fundraise, helping people to asset manage, and to go full cycle on their own deals. It's been an honor to help other people 
through this, uh, you know, whole endeavor of multifamily because of the incredible wealth growth that it can achieve for people. So I'll continue to acquire my own deals as well as help others. Awesome. Awesome. I'm good luck with that. So uh, any personal habits that are helping you to be successful? Yes, Rama. What I have discovered and what many other people have discovered and written about is absolute persistence. I have learned in my life that maybe I wasn't the smartest person. I wasn't the most talented person. Uh, I wasn't the fastest person, etc. But I never quit. I have been the most persistent person. And persistence is all it takes. So therefore, in going to Dallas from California, let's begin there, is that I didn't always want to get on that airplane. I didn't always want to spend the money even to go to Dallas. It would cost me about $1,000 each weekend, you know, from the plane ticket to the rental car to the hotel. And I would think, you know, I should really, you know, not be spending this money almost every other month, yeah. plus spending for the for the mentor and, you know, all that stuff. But it was that persistence of I've got to do this for my family, for my future. It's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I'll tell you what, it took me two years of underwriting and learning yeah. until I got my first deal. And uh, is that's persistence. Let's go even back from there. I was not born with a silver spoon. It was a plastic one, you know, and and so it was a long road for me to be able to go to college. And with a Ph.D., basically, I kept going until they told me there's no more. You can go. (laughs) This is as far as you can go. So persistence, persistent, just keep going. Never, never, never quit. Never quit. So I'll tell you that, you know, I got my first deal and then the second deal. And then again, persistence, waiting, trying, trying, trying. And then finally that third deal came and then the dominoes started to fall over. But it was it's hard. It's very hard work. And it's only if you quit, will you lose? Yeah, totally agree on that. Yeah, definitely. That is very, very important quality that we should have in this apartment syndication. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So any one decision that you took have major impact in your life? Uh, I would say that joining, yeah, joining our um, multifamily mentorship program was a defining changing moment uh, in my life. And the reason for that is because I found a vehicle for which I could put all of my drive and ambition and motivation into. I love psychology. I love my patients, but it was not the place that I could absolutely express all of my drive um, where multifamily is the place where I could run fast as fast as I could go. I could put all my energy in. In psychology, we do have to be um, uh, limited. We we have to be, uh, well, in the, in the area that I was in, I, I could not, I, I do not sh- express myself. I allow the patient to do that. 
Um, but in a multifamily, I could look at all the deals I wanted to look at. I could speak to all the investors and teach them and show them this is such a great way to build wealth. So by meeting all the people in, in our, in our group and learning and absorbing from them and having fun with them, being the fact that it's a team sport that even though I might not have a financial background, my friends that do have the financial background, they can be my strength in that area. And I can be their strength in maybe the relationship area. And so we can be as uh, a, a powerful team together rather than being a one-man show. Yeah. So, yeah, got it. So a- any books that impacted your life? Yes. Um, I think there are all the essential ones that many of your listeners have probably already heard uh, or read about or read heard about and read, such as, of course, Think and Grow Rich and um, Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course. Um, But there are so many others that might be more specific to the piece that you you are looking for, you, the listener out there, um, that read everything that you can. Um, recently I've read the compound effect. So basically, you know, just even the smallest thing that you do just compounds more and more and more. Uh, all of those books have been something that were a part of my life ever since I was 18 and reading them over and over and over again. Awesome. Awesome. Great book, compound effect. Yeah. And how can listeners can connect with you, Rebecca? We are Starbird Equity. So Starbird, like the starboard side of a ship. Uh, our, our company name comes from my husband's naval background. The starboard side of a ship is the privileged side. They are the privileged vessel. And so if you go to Starboard Equity, please, uh, I invite you to join the club. So then that way uh, you'll get emails from us to understand uh, what we're up to and learn more about multifamily. Love to see you there. Awesome. And thank you very much, Rebecca. I really enjoyed the conversation. And thanks for sharing some of your experience on asset management side and how you hired, you know, mentors and other, st- other stuff as well. Very good. It's been a pleasure, Rama. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.